Grace runs deep. 
St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus, our Savior, died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. This is a teaching ministry under the direction of Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr., the senior pastor of St. Matthew's Baptist Church for over 33 years. Dr. Gordon's stellar leadership encourages thousands to cultivate a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Dr. Gordon exegetes God's word for truth, transformation, and transparency. It's truly some great people in this church that really just want to, that really have like a heart for God and really just want to like just serve. The Holy Spirit has a way of, of sending a, a word to answer some of the questions that you might have. I've seen the impact that it not only had on my family, St. Matthews, but also that it has in our community. I tell people, because they're seeing the difference in me, and they're saying, what, what are you doing? I'm like, me and my husband have been going to church. What church do you go to? And I say, St. Matthews in Williamstown. And like, I'm so proud to say that I go there because it changed my life. It's home. It's, it's home. So much deep.
prostrate before his presence, confessing that we are wrong and he is right, thanking him, praising him, exalting him for being king of kings and lord of lords. And the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord would raise up a standard against him. Psalm 46 tells us, be still and know that he is God. And we praise the name of Jesus this morning because Jesus is God. He's God's son. He's the son of God. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the ending. And no man can come unto the father but by him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the bread of life. He is the logos. He is the lamb. He is the ladder. He is the light. He is the life. Jesus is everything we need. Amen. To have prosperity and peace in the spirit. And we thank God for you this morning. Truly God is an awesome God. And even in the midst of this pandemic virus, in the midst of all of the social unrest and injustice, in the midst of all of the ruinous attitudes that we see around us and wickedness in high places, our Lord Jesus is still in control. He is in control. He is in control. He is in total control. And we rest in that fact. And we, we stand still and we praise his name. I want to say to you that we are lifting up your family, everybody in your family in prayer, and we are asking God uh, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, James 5, availeth much. We're asking our God to bless you, to keep you, to guide you during this uh, pandemic disease that you would stay spaced and safe and that you would wear a mask and gloves if necessary and that Amen. You would just obey what we're being told to do. And the governor's office has earmarked St. Matthew's as a testing site. August, Tuesday, August the 4th is for our congregation, our members from 12 to 7 is free. 
And then Wednesday and Thursday, August 5th and 6th, is for the community. We are privileged to have, amen, this testing here at the church, and we are just praying that all of you will govern yourselves accordingly, be still, and know that he is God. We are in a great place in Jesus, and Jesus will never leave his people, listen, in torment. He will always pull us out. He will always make a way for us out of no way. He will always give us the victory, even in spite of the venoms. So we are thanking God from whom all blessings flow. And then we want you to uh, remain faithful, commit your tithes online and mail them in to P.O. Box 817 Williamstown, New Jersey 08094 as the Lord directs you. And we want to thank you for that. This morning, this morning, this morning, I'm in First Thessalonians chapter 1 and then we'll move into chapter 2. And my subject this morning is confidence in conflict. Confidence in conflict. Now, before we jump into the text, and I try to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, expound what's there. First, the literal interpretation of the word. What did the inspirer, the Holy Spirit, mean when he had the 40 writers of Scripture right as he, amen, inspired them. That means he was the overseer of exactly what they wrote, using their personalities to write it. And so we need to ask the literal thing, what did God mean when he wrote this? And then the grammatical, we need to search, amen, all of the, the, uh, the parts of speech, the verbs, the prepositions, the nouns, the adjectives, the adverbs, amen, the interjections, so forth, so on, conjunctions. We need to grammatically figure out what is in the New Testament Greek, what is in the Old Testament Hebrew, what is in the Aramaic or the Gospels. And so once we, listen, observe and integrate, then we can interpret properly in the literal, the grammatical, and the historical context of what's being preached and said in the Word. God is not giving out new revelation. All revelation is ended. He is illuminating our minds to the revelation he's already given. Amen. And and so as we begin, I want to interface two scriptures. Number one, in Hebrews chapter 10, 35 and 36, uh, amen. The writer of the Hebrews, before he gets to that 11th chapter of faith, says, cast not therefore away your confidence in God. Don't cast it away. For you have need of endurance. Listen to this. And the word endurance is synonymous with perseverance that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promises. And it's right after that verse that Paul, that the writer to the Hebrews says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice that he says, don't cast away your confidence. That 
when we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 3, and I'm going to get there, it is filled with conflict. And conflict in the believer's life is continual, conditional, critical in us having confidence in God. Now let me stop Paul's apart because this is some deep meat. You mean for God to place confidence in our lives, he must allow conflict, absolutely. It's the conflict that makes us run to the confidence. It's the problems that makes us pray for peace. Hmm. It's the trials that helps to transform us. James says, count it all joy when, not if, when it's coming, you fall into various trials, knowing, there's a knowledge here, the trying of your faith is working perseverance. And don't try to cut your trials short. Don't try to cut your conflicts short. He says, amen, for as we allow and let this process takes place, we learn perseverance. Hmm. This conflict, which is continual, you're, you're either just coming out of conflict or get, getting ready to go in or, or you're in. This, this conflict is not only continual, but it is conditional. God determines when and where conflict afflicts us. It is critical, again, to us having confidence in Almighty God. In confidence, in conflict, we seek the shelter of God. In conflict, we, amen, uh, submit to the strength of God. And in conflict, we surrender to the strategies of God. Conflict in my life makes me lose confidence in myself. God, God is working overtime to do that. I can handle this. I can do this. Confidence in my life makes me leave my sin. Yeah. And confidence in my life helps me to love and lean on Almighty God. When we look at this unusual dualism of confidence and conflict, it is, it is so interesting that, amen, this conflict transforms my struggles into his sufficiency. One thing drives another. Every instance 
of Jesus operating in the New Testament allowed conflict to come in, yeah, before confidence could be shown. There was a wedding at Cana, they ran out of wine. That's conflict. Yeah. Uh, the feeding of the 13,000 in chapter 6, that was conflict. Hmm. The blind man born with degenerate eyesight, he couldn't see, that was conflict. Lazarus dying was conflict. And Jesus told the disciples, I'm glad for your sakes I was not dead to the intent that you might believe. These two work hand in hand. And so as we begin to exegete our passage here, here in First Thessalonians, the church of Thessalonica, uh, Acts chapter 16 to 18 is the second missionary journey. And the Apostle Paul is assisted by Savinus, who was Silas, and Timothy. And, and the interesting thing is that uh, uh, as they are moving towards chapter 17 of Acts, and Luke is speaking in the third person, Luke wrote the book of Acts, but the book is all about Peter and Paul. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when you begin to look at this second missionary journey, Paul comes to a place, Athens chapter 17, amen to the Epicureans, the Stoics, and the, uh, people that claim not to believe, the atheists, and he comes to a statue that says the unknown God. Paul says, well, let me stop Paul's Park and preach and tell you who this unknown God is. He's Jesus. He's challenging the ethics. He's challenging the philosophies of the Greeks who, who believed in multiple gods. And, and, and so, and so it's here on this missionary journey that, and Thessalonica is a hundred miles from Philippi, so they, they went to the hundred miles from Philippi, Acts 16, into Acts 17, and Paul, amen, calls this church the free city under Roman rule. It was a great metropolis, and when Paul, established this church at Thessalonica, amen, he's writing about conflict. He preached that Christ was the Messiah, king of the Jews, head of the church. There was a Jewish contingency there, and Paul was expounding in the word because they had conflict first in false doctrine. You live what you believe. If you believe God can reverse your salvation, if you believe God can leave you, if you believe God is not faithful to you, if you believe God does not love you, you're going to live that way as an orphan. He was, uh, they were in conflict with false doctrine. They were in conflict with their flesh. They were in conflict with their finish and their faith. It, it is just so interesting 
how God uses conflict to enhance our confidence. Mm. Lord, have mercy. All the way back to the book of Daniel, thrown in the lion's den. God gave the lion's lockjaw. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace. God gave them a confidence. Do I have a witness? Yeah. Even a prophet Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? The bones was the house of Judah and Israel. Preach to the bones, then preach to the wind. And he heard a clanging coming together that there's power in the principles of Almighty God. Now let me stop, pause, and park because this word conflict in the Greek is agon, A-G-O-N, which is agony. We are in agony continually. We are in agony conditionally. We are in agony critically so we can have confidence, not in ourselves, but in God. Mm. And, 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 And metaphorically, in Hebrews 12, it says that we are running a race. The word race is agon. We're running an agonizing race. God is the one that placed you on the track. God is the one, listen, that gives you the wherewithal to run. We're running an agonizing race to the finish. And if we're going to do good in this race, we have to, amen, lay aside every encumbrance, every weight that does so easily beset us every and the sin the one sin is doubt we got to run with perseverance listen to this the race the agony that has been set before us who set it before us god god determined before you came out your mother's womb what track you were running on, what the race before you would be, what the problems would be, what the pitfalls would be. Uh, God, God already determined that. You didn't get on this track by yourself. The race that is set before us, and he encouraged us to keep looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy he ran so that he could finish faithfully. Don't expect a lot of good feelings in this life. One one of the things that that Paul is engineering to us in this uh, uh, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians, and I I love this text. Paul, Paul says, remembering... Without ceasing your three important substances here. Remember without ceasing your labor, I mean your work of faith, your work of faith, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your perseverance in hope. Hmm. 
Don't confuse saving faith, which is based on grace through faith, which is not yours, gift of God, lest any man should boast, with living faith, keeping faith, the peaceful faith of God. Satan is after your faith. Satan wants to hinder what you believe. Satan wants to come along and disconnect, and we're going to get to that momentarily, but but it's here that this church is in conflict. And and and, and the Apostle Paul says, uh, there, there will be a conflict in your, listen, in your pains. Now, let me stop, pause, and park, because what Paul is talking about, this work of faith, argon is the Greek word for work. It is an enterprise. It is an employment. It is an entering in. It's a work ethic. If you don't work to increase your faith, your faith will fail. You, you got to work. You, you don't have to work for your faith. You got to work in your faith. Lord, have mercy. Paul, 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 Paul talks about, uh, amen, that uh, this salvation that we have, that so many prophets wondered about. He says, work out, ek, your soul salvation with fear and trembling, not work for. You can't work for your faith. You can't work for your salvation. Jesus gave you the salvation when he died on the cross of Calvary. But once you get the salvation, you got to work it out. 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 Be careful that you don't become a victim. Because victims blame others. Victims point at others. Victims won't fall on a sword. Victims won't take onus to themselves. Victims gotta bring somebody else in a conversation as to why they fail. I listen to people all the time. And, and the punchline is I'm waiting for you to say, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my husband, not my wife, not my children, not my mother, not my father, not my pastor. It's me. And until you see me, you can't see it all. You're just going around this vicious circle of accusation. Hmm. He talks about Ergon, this enterprising, this work of faith, and I, I have to confess that my faith has all, not always worked. The faith that I had in me fell short. Failed. I failed in my faith. I was fractured in my faith. I was futile in my faith. That is, he's Dealing with, ah, uh, not my flesh, which has a mind of its own, 
I, I wish I had time to establish this. Paul said in Romans chapter 7 that, that, that your flesh is not even subject to the word of God. It, it, is, it, is, it is in total ah, uh, disagreement with faith. Your flesh, he talks about our fickleness. He talks about our feelings, which are not trustworthy. Our feelings is connected to our, to our flesh. I don't feel loved. I don't feel good. I don't, I don't feel saved. I don't feel. Lord have mercy. Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul deals with this matter of our pain. And this is, we're in conflict with the outside, the world, but we're in conflict with ourselves. We're, we're agonizing within ourselves. We want to blame somebody else. We want a, a reason why we can't be the people God we would have, that he would have us to be. We're, we're in conflict, listen to pastor, with our history. When I hear people with problems, we all have problems. I'm looking for the history. Where did this come from? It didn't just show up at your door. <sighs> that is, there's no pop-up problem. You need to come to this church. We preach truth here. We, we preach the word here. We expound the scriptures here. God is everything. Man is nothing. Do I have a witness? Jesus rules. Jesus is righteous. Jesus is redeemer. Jesus is the only one that can snatch me out of hell with smoke still in my garments and put me on a street called street. Jesus is the change agent. Or do I have a witness? The only reason I changed is because of Jesus. I didn't change because I, I was obedient. I didn't change because I kept the faith. I didn't change because I went to church. I only change because of him. Do I have a witness? Child, child, child of God, take the emphasis off yourself. Our history has played a part in our hiccups. Hmm. Bad role models. Bad authority. Uh, bad situations. Something bad happened in your history. And it's still operating in you under disguise. God has not resolved your history. Yeah, and he will. Do I have a witness? Moses had a history to the point that he murdered an Egyptian and ran, fled to Midian. Do I have a witness? Everybody in the Bible had a history. Paul said, I persecuted the church faithfully in Judaism. But when it pleased God who knocked me off of my mule on a Damascus road. We all have a Damascus road. Mm, we all been in a graveyard. Yeah. Our history and then our hurts. 
whether it's marriage, ministry, or mindset, we came with hurts and history that are still functioning under disguise and we keep it covered because we're trying to protect our reputations. We don't want to fall on a sword. Hmm. I have yet to go into a counseling session and hear somebody say, Lord or pastor, a lot of this messes me. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> and then and then of course our hindrances which these strongholds keep getting in the way. And he says, you need to work overtime on your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and then hearing by the word of God. My faith in Christ should have nothing to do with my history or my hurts or my hindrances. I'm totally depending on him and him alone. Paul says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. And God knows I've had to work on my faith. I wasn't always in a position to believe God when hell was breaking out. To believe God when my feelings were shattered. When I felt fractures on the inside. When I felt like throwing a towel in. Amen. So God allows conflict to help increase our confidence in God. Isn't, isn't that scary? That he brings one thing to establish another. And sometimes your trials are not for you. They're God operating through you to others. So when you are transparent with others, you say, you know, I, I too struggled with this. You, you can only do that when you're free. People that are not free can't be transparent. People that are not free can't tell the truth. You, you, you're trying to protect something in your life that God allowed for you to bring out to free somebody else. I used to drink. I used to get high. I used to fornicate. I used to run the streets. I used to act the fool. I used to curse God, but God, but God, but God. Called me Kaleo. He called me out of darkness and translated me into his marvelous light. I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, I'm so glad he did. I'm a new creature. My feet are new. I walk differently. My head is new. I think differently. My mouth is new. I praise differently. I wish I had a witness. Hmm. My pain. Your work of faith. We got to work overtime just to believe God. God, I believe you. I'm going to stand still on you. I'm going to wait. Lord, I know you're going to heal me. You're going to help me. You're going to pull me out of this mess. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Ah, remembering without ceasing your work 
of faith. My seven years in the military, I wouldn't say, but I learned some things that now I look back and I laugh at from 68 to 74 during Vietnam. My, my military time, when we got discouraged, and we did get discouraged, when we had long faces and sometimes tears would roll down our face because things were kind of tough at, at that age of 19, 20, 21, so forth and so on. And, and those sergeants would come up and say, uh, 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 soldier, suck it up! Suck it up. Now, God is not telling us to suck it up. But them soldiers will say, suck it up. When you finish crying, get your butt over here and do the job. Don't fall into self-pity. Don't feel sorry for yourself. You got a job to do. You that are married, you got to take care of your children. You, you that are in ministry, you got to be faithful and steadfast. You in your mind, you, you got to wake up every morning starting all over with your faith. Your work, Lord have mercy, of faith. But secondly, he says your labor of love. My God. Now, this labor of love, the Greek word for labor is toil. You got to toil at loving God and loving others. You, you, you know, it's going to cost you something. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I, I watch people in and out of the church act like babies. Lips poked out, pouting, feeling sorry for themselves. Poor me. Well, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. Well, join, join, you know, join the crowd. Huh. Well, my mother and my father, they've been dead 50 years. How long are you going to pout? When are you going to give up and trust, get up and trust the spirit of God? Ah. This labor of love was difficult for me because I got conflict on the inside. And that conflict through the flesh would say, I ain't letting nobody take advantage of me. I'm not letting anybody get over on me. Nix you. You can kiss. You can do this. You can do that. All that's the flesh. Before I got saved, I was not in any relationship more than two years because they got on my nerves. But I've been married 33 years, pastor 33 years, still here, still standing. Why? God had to teach me to labor at love. Not my love, God's love. Uh, God's agapeo love, which is sacrificial. God's agapeo love, which serves and looks for nothing in return. Hmm. God's agapeo love, which says, I'm submitted to him to do his will. Ah. I'll tell you in a minute in the world, take a hike. I ain't fooling with you. In a, in, in, in a holy minute. Why? Because my conflict did not really allow me to love the way God wanted me to love. 
See, faith and fruit go hand in hand. Jesus said, you're known by their fruit. Can I get a witness? And, and, and Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit. Fruit is in the singular, meaning there's a cluster coming out of one source. That's the Holy Spirit. Love is the first fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We got to suffer long. We got to forgive others. We got to release others. We got to pray for others. We got to put up with others. All of that is laboring and love. It's easy to leave. It's easy to run. But you need the Holy Spirit to hang in there. Your, your labor, your labor. Some folk are just hard to love. Uh-huh. Some folk are hard to look at. Metaphorically. They got so much junk going on in them. You don't, you don't even want to be bothered. But that's not Jesus. For God so loved the world, the world of humanity, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The reason we can't love others is because we love ourselves too much. That's why we can't love others. We, we, we can't get beyond ourselves. In order to love others, your labor of love. You don't need to throw your love up in people's face. You don't need to uh, tell people how much you have sacrificed to stay with them. You don't, <laughs> you, you don't need to keep making excuses. Why? No! Paul says, I want to commend this church at Thessalonica for their work of faith in conflict. Their labor of love in conflict. And finally, their perseverance of hope. Mm. That is the continuance. Paul, in dealing with this church at Thessalonica, talks about this perseverance. The Greek word for perseverance, humanone, is the under rower the under rower means in those days there were ships that people would get on like a cruise line they didn't have motors they didn't have uh, uh, any, any kind of compulsion under the ship were slaves who were called under rowers they did all the work so the people up top could enjoy the floating of the ship. When you go into service for Jesus, you should not expect people to point you out and to give you credit. You, you are supposed to be a slave to Jesus Christ who's an under rower. We, we are under rowing so somebody else can be helped. We are sacrificing so somebody else can be helped. Mm. 
That, that is, child of God, we, we need to understand that if I'm going to be loving, I got to be forgiving. The two are sisters. If I'm going to, amen, live for God, hallelujah, I've got to think favorably, favorably of others. If, if I'm going to, yeah, uh, lose myself, I need to be fruitful in the life of others. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, tenderness, righteousness. Mm. That is this third point of perseverance, the under rower. We find a lot of conflict here because what Paul points to in chapter 2, verse 17 is an enemy called Satan. Hmm. That, that is that there ought to be a patience, a perseverance, amen, of hope. That we are persevering in our prayers, his power, and what's pleasing to him. We have to persevere in seeing him in the midst of everything else. We, we are patient in hope. But Paul goes on to say when he gets to chapter 2 verse 17... And you can read it when you get home, or you can read it now. Paul says, I wanted to come to you once and again, but Satan hindered us. Now, let me stop, pause, and park. The word hindered is a military term where the enemy takes out a bridge you need to cross. What Satan does, he disconnects us from our desires for God. He blows up a bridge so we can't cross. He interferes with what we like to do in the name of Jesus. He plots, he plans, he persecutes, he hides, he hinders, he brings hemorrhaging to what we want to do. There's conflict. In our problems, conflict in our prayers, conflict in our problems. Jesus and John 20 told Peter, Peter, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth has already, in the Greek, been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Well, what are the keys? The gospel. The gospel is our victory. That death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is our victory. Everything, all power is in the gospel. All peace is in the gospel. Do I have a witness? I'm so glad that God is able to keep us from falling. Paul says, your work of faith You got to work it every day. 
You got to believe God when it's not, amen, reasonable to, 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 to believe God. When it's not rational, you got to believe God. You can't lean on what you see. You got to lean on what you know. A work of faith, listen, a labor and passion of love. And our perseverance, the under rower of hope. My hope uh, is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. A confidence in our conflict. A confidence in our conflict. I will look, Psalm 120, to the hills from whence cometh my help. Who am I that the highest my help cometh from who made heaven and earth? I he was lost, but he brought me in his love. that keepeth Israel. <laughs> I love it. He's the covenantal God. He's a dependable God. He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. Hallelujah. Confidence in conflict. As you go through conflict, let the confidence in God be your total vision and victory. And we know that all things are being worked together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Your conflict has something to do with your confidence. Accept them, thank God for them, and live with them. We love you. Have a great day in Jesus. He's in control. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the iOS or Google Play then launch the app and click on the give button or feel free to give through our website go to www.stmatthewssbc.org click donation and fill out the St. Matthew secure contribution and payment form
Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewssbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment Form.